Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show. It is Saturday, alright? I know you guys are just, you know, recovering from a life of, well not life, but a night, a previous night of just getting fucking hammered, just blasted, doing lines off coke off of a fucking bathroom toilet roll dispenser. Trust me, I know how you guys get down. I know how you guys get down. That's okay. I mean, drugs aren't okay, but it's your life. Do what you want, alright? But today, it is Saturday. It is, well, I was about to say it's noon, but it's not noon. It's 5 p.m. You know what that is? You know what time that means, people? Creepy encounters. And I have a good fucking story, okay? But before we get into that, I am Dusty McBalls. I am your host with the most, and I am the certified cougar hunter, alright, and today's story, like I said, is fucking impeccable, it is super fucking good, probably next to the um, alleged kidnapping one that we did a couple weeks ago, this one is up there, this one is really, really up there, okay, the name of this story is called, I was in prison for 15 years, there was a skinwalker in there with us. So, strap in, alright? Because it's going to be a wild fucking ride. We're going to be on a roller coaster of, oh shit, is this real moments, okay? Now, this is allegedly real, okay? I don't know if it is 100% real, but if you live in the southwest part of the United States of America, you might think this story is 100% real. For me, I live in the Midwest, so I don't know. I don't fucking know. But it's a good fucking story, and if it is true, it's fucking terrifying. Like, absolutely just scary as shit, okay? So without further ado, let's just get into this fucking story, alright? A little background first. I was serving a 15-year sentence in a penitentiary in southern Arizona. What I was in there for isn't important. During my stay there, there were countless things that happened that no one could explain. And even more that no one wanted to know more about. It all started with the prison legend. Supposedly, years ago, something awful and unexplainable happened inside the prison. Every morning, we'd be woken up and expected to stand near the front of our cells while guards visually confirmed we were present and accounted for. Apparently, about a year before I got sent there, the most brutal and unexplainable thing happened during one of these routines. A man who had a cell to himself looked very off during this check. When a guard pulled over another guard to help him check it out, they found it wasn't actually the prisoner they were expecting at all. It was a totally different man. This man was wearing the skin 
of the other man over him, loosely fitting, draped over him, apparently looked like a real monster. The scariest things... Whoa. Whoa, he kind of... This is a little bit weird because some of these spots tripped me up because of the way he wrote it. So, if it sounds off, I am sorry, okay? The scariest things were, though, was the guy wearing the skin was not an inmate. They had no idea how he even got into prison, let alone a cell. What's worse is that they couldn't even figure out who the hell he was. He wasn't documented anywhere. And what's worse than that, they never even found the body of the man of the skin he was wearing. Pretty grisly stuff, I know. And I realize that's not the go-to definition of a skinwalker. But that's what the prison called him. The skinwalker. Didn't help that the guy never talked apparently. Anyways, that's what started the whole skinwalker superstition around the yard. Apparently, the guy got shipped to a different spot about a month after it happened, and just about everyone in Gen Pop felt all the better for it. For people that, you know, don't know prison lingo, Gen Pop is general population, okay? That's where most of the inmates are housed. Now, if you are, you know, a murderer, a real, like, you know, just a complete asshole in prison, you don't get put in gen pop. Sometimes you get put in solitary confinement or a maximum housing unit where you only get like, you know, an hour of sunlight or an hour of yard time a day. So they are very, very restricted. Now, if you're a pedophile or, you know, a chomo, child molester, they don't put you in gen pop either because, you know, in prison, nobody likes those child molesters, those rapists, people like that, right? So they always get shanked up and stabbed in prison in general population. So they put them in PC, which is protective custody, which means that they get housed separately than gen pop, but they are treated the same as any other prisoner, right? They just you know, get their own section, they get their own, like, different yard time for the day, so they're completely different just so they don't get stabbed by the inmates in general population, okay? So, I heard about the story on the second day of my stay. Hell of a story to hear to place in your new home for the foreseeable future. Now, Onto the real shit, though. Let's get boogie with it. Let's get down and dirty. I just added that for cinematic effect. I'm sorry. Sure, that guy was the skinwalker. But all he did in the long run was get an old lifer Navajo inmate to tell everyone about actual skinwalkers. It seemed like a lot of the prison culture actually revolved around them. Now, apparently, skinwalkers 
are tricky to point out on the spot. But if you manage to survive around one for more than a minute or two, almost everyone can tell the mannerisms are all off. They can mimic human speech but not replicate it. They twitch manically. They have an unnatural gait while walking. But apparently, they got better with experience. The old Navajo guy, his name was Carl, said that he was sure there was an actual one among the prisoners, slowly picking us off over the years. He called it the Grandmaster Skinwalker at one point. Apparently, he thought it had human mannerisms down so well that you might not even be able to tell if it was your cellmate for a day or two. It had to be good, he posited one night. He would expect a skinwalker to jump out at any opportunity for a kill. But this one realized it had a revolving door of people to kill coming to it and masterfully bided its time, as Carl thought for years. A lot of guys found humor in it. A lot more were really on edge about it. Everyone, well, every once in a while in prison, people snap. Sometimes you'll find your cellmate swinging in front of your bunk, strung up by the neck with a pant leg. Sometimes you just can't take it anymore. But in our yard, people tended to snap in a very special way. It wouldn't be an outburst at dinner or a silent suicide in the night. Guys would just stop talking, hunch over, and shuffle around. Any friendships they had would be mostly out of the window. They would turn into a loner during wreck time. They would let their hair hang in front of their face. No one liked to talk about it. Like if they did, it would happen to them next. I felt the same way. I didn't know if it was a skinwalker or people just going crazy. But I didn't want to find out. It wasn't like clockwork or anything. But every time someone snapped in this way, it wasn't more than a couple weeks before they were shipped off or transferred to God knows where without anyone else knowing beforehand. Then, there was the nighttime occurrences. Short, loud outbursts of sound echoed through my cell block during all hours of the night on a regular basis. It sounded like a mix between a pig's dying squeal and nails on a chalkboard. Just another thing. No one liked to talk about it. Even scarier were the shadows and footsteps. The block was dimly illuminated in the night by a few lights 
hanging from the ceiling outside the cells. I, myself, saw shadows flit across my walls on a regular occasion, when there were definitely no guards around my cell. One time, near the end of my sentence, I woke up, looked at the back wall and found a perfect silhouette of a person standing there. But when I looked, my bunkmate was asleep and no one was outside my cell. And the footsteps. Everyone hated the fucking footsteps. They were the scariest part. In the night, sometimes, more rarely than the shadows, you would hear ungodly fast footsteps. They sounded like wet feet slapping on tile floor. Whatever caused them would fly from one end of the block to the other in a dead sprint. Whatever it was, it was inhumanly fast. If you happened to be awake before it started, by the time you heard the footsteps on one side of your cell and whipped your head around to see this thing run by, it sounded like it was three cells past you. Everyone hated the footsteps. I agreed. I thought they were the worst. I was released from the place about a month ago, and I have more stories than I can count. I swear it was nearly my turn. About a week before I was discharged, my cellmate and, well, my cellmate and a good friend of mine snapped in the same kind of way. I didn't sleep for an entire week. Well, I didn't sleep, of course, but never for... Whoa, hold on. Rewind. Back up. Alright, back up. Well, I did sleep, of course, but never for more than a few minutes at a time. Never turned my back on the guy. The scariest thing? I woke up one night to him somehow snaking his body through the bars of our cell. For reference, I couldn't get anything past my shoulder through them. The worst part though, he was coming back into our cell. On the day of my release, I didn't say a word to him, just left. He seemed fine with it, so was I. I had made it through 15 years of prison fights, gang disputes, and for all I know, skinwalker abductions. I left through the front gates as a free man. As I walked along the fence for the wreck yard, I spotted my cellmate, standing off on his own, like he had for the last week or so. I shook my head, not even really sure if it was him anymore. I took one last look over the yard, this time from the other side of the fence. I wish I hadn't. They, they're, 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 they, they're standing off on, oh, okay, alright, got it now. They're, 
standing off on his own on the other side of the yard was Carl, slouched over, eyeing the other inmates and twitching manically. And that is the end of this story. I'm trying to find the writer, so give me two seconds. Who wrote this sucker? Mm, I'm not saying who wrote it. Um, I got this one off of medium.com. And it's good. If you guys know, if you guys don't know what Medium is, it's basically um, kind of like Google. They have like a bunch of. You can even post your. I should say not kind of like Google. It is like Reddit, but it's more formal. There's more stories and stuff on there. So, I'm wanted to check it out once, and it actually has produced a pretty good story. Like the story that I did on Thursday, that was also from Medium.com. Now you do have to pay like five months five bucks a month or something for it but they have good stories on there and I really enjoy reading them and if you want to like you can go to like a non sorry just burped if you want to go to like a non-fiction like because you can pick like what you're into I picked like true crime paranormal non-fiction stuff like that and fiction if you want to like write your own stories or post your own research that you found on there or that you found throughout the course of whatever you're doing, writing or something like that, you can actually post your own stuff on there too. So, yeah. It's kind of like Reddit, but it's more formal, and I think the stories are a little bit better. But, yeah, that's it for this Creepy Encounter episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That would be so trippy, right? I mean, I understand prison is, you know, freaky enough with some people doing satanic rituals and you know we got the satanists there you've got the jesus freaks you've got murderers rapists like it's already a terrible terrible fucking place but when you throw in a native american folklore creature that is just nasty one of the most nasty fucking native american spirits right almost well almost as bad as the Wendigo, but I'm, I'm biased towards the Wendigo just because I live in Minnesota, but I, I think that's the worst cryptid of them all, but who knows, but being in there with the skinwalker that is just fucking conversing through everybody, maybe taking multiple people at once, right, that would be fucking terrifying if this is true, that would be awful, that would be fucking awful, and since I know a lot of skinwalkers and Well, not a lot of skinwalkers, but a lot of Native Americans believe in skinwalkers specifically. I believe, I think, don't quote me on it. I'm completely, probably pulling this out of my ass. But, you know, the Navajo, and if they're big in the southwestern part of the United States, I think so. That's where I, I think, allegedly, I think so. Just because that's where I hear most of the... Navajo pop-up is in the southwestern part of the U.S., okay? Because there's this other story that we are going to get to eventually called the Navajo Headless Valley. It's fucking wild, but I don't want to speak too much on that. But yeah, just imagine that. Oh, I, oh, I could That'd be fucking terrifying, and prison is already terrifying enough. Never, I have never been there, but I would be fucking scared shitless. That's going to do it for today's episode. Um, it's Saturday. Remember, remember people, if you're going to go out and party tonight, be safe. Okay, I don't want none of y'all to get hurt or 
something bad happened to you guys because it's just not fun. I didn't want to get sappy and say I love you, but like, hey, I love you, right? I don't want you to get hurt. I'm here for you. I feel for you, right? Anyways, so I'm going to leave you guys off here. Be safe tonight, okay? So remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing on this planet, stay safe, you beautiful peacocks. I love y'all. Deuces.